Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Danielle. Hey everyone, it's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are so excited to have another incredible teacher from the 2022 Class of Extraordinary Educators, Brianna Lugabil. Brianna is a grade five ELA and social studies teacher at Liberty Arts Magnet in Ohio. So welcome, Brianna. We're so glad to have you here. If you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners to start, that would be great. Hi, like she said, my name is Brianna Lugavilla, and I'm a teacher in Ohio at the Liberty Arts Magnet. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. Well, we're excited to have a conversation with you. So let's start off. What are you currently passionate about in your practice? Um, Right now, I'm really um, passionate about and focused on trauma resilience in my classroom, as well as the restorative justice process to help aid students in becoming the best version of the students that they can be through conflict resolution management and also addressing the core issues of their educational problems. Um, wow. How did you get into that? How, how did that become your passion? Walk, walk us back a little bit. So that's a fantastic question. It was actually happened during my undergrad and my student teaching. I actually happened to be at the same school that I'm now employed at. And I noticed that in my undergrad, my program did an amazing job of addressing instructionally how to meet the needs of my students, how to differentiate. But there was a gap in meeting the needs of all students from the location and places that they were coming from. And the things that they were bringing into the classroom outside of their educational needs, which were impeding their ability to learn. And at that time, I decided to dive into the idea of how trauma impacts how students learn and actually led a self-directed study on trauma resilience in educational environments by writing a production um, that ties into what I do in my classroom now. Um, Currently, I'm studying for my master's in trauma resilience in educational environments, as well as the restorative justice practice. That's were you going to say something? No, go, go for it. Okay. Uh, that's amazing. I, there's a lot, a lot to unpack and say about how our brains are definitely impacted by trauma. How did your research or your learning change in the last couple of years with the pandemic or has it? Um, with the pandemic, I've said I've had a lot of a lot more opportunities to work one-on-one with students, especially when we went online and try out practices with my students to find what best meets the needs of them. I know that when we switched to online, a lot of people didn't know how to adjust. Us as a district, we're trying to figure out how do we accommodate the students where they are, working with students um, that didn't have access to technology or have access to parental support. So I spent a lot of time on the phone with parents, with students, with guardians, in a variety of different environments, occasionally dropping things off at students' houses. And it was during that time that I was able to really look into what is the core issue that students are struggling with that is keeping them from learning, as well as becoming a better and more supportive part of their classroom community. And I noticed that a lot of it really came down to the regulation of their emotions and identifying what they need. So I spent a couple of weeks at the beginning of the year really focusing on how can I teach my students to advocate for themselves 
and ask for what they need in the classroom in order to start making their own goals as well as advocating for what they need in classrooms where we don't identify that. This is amazing, Brianna. It's so, it's so inspiring to hear. I love the story just to go back a bit about how you did your student teaching there and now you, you work there. That's really neat. But I think something you said earlier really struck me about, um, you know, like when you go to grad school or when you, if you're undergrad for teaching, you learn how to do everything according to instruction, fill the gaps, you know, um, teach this way students learn, but really you said like what my students were coming and bringing to the classroom, which is so, so important. And we've talked at length on the podcast about how, if you don't establish that trust or understand them as people in the beginning, no learning is going to happen. Right. So I'm curious, like through all of your research and what you're doing in your classroom today, if I'm a teacher listening to this and I'm thinking like, yes, of course I agree, but I don't really know where to start. Even what you just said with like teaching students how to advocate for themselves. How do you uh, manage to like bring that abstract, amazing principle down into like what you do every day? Are there like certain strategies or things if I'm a teacher and want to start this tomorrow, I could do to, to teach my students to advocate for themselves? Because it sounds great in theory, but some folks might not just not know where to start. Well, I would first say that the process that I use while I feel like it's effective over an extended period of time, it is messy at the beginning with students and it does take time. But what we start with is at the beginning of the school year, we really focus on identifying actually first what emotions are and what they mean and how they show up in our bodies. And the reason I do that is specifically with the grade that I work with, fifth graders haven't fully developed their ability to read emotions and other people's facial expressions and their actions. And as a result, they tend to confuse some emotions like frustration and anger versus disappointment. So a lot of times the conflicts or as some people would say drama in the classroom comes from them misinterpreting how other people are responding. So when there's a conflict in the the classroom, the first question that I ask them is what emotion are you feeling? And that is not normally the first question you would ask a student if something happens. Um, I ask them what their emotion is. Then we have a conversation to go back to a conversation I've had with my students at the beginning of the year is, is it okay to feel that emotion? Because we have a conversation as a class for if it's okay for some emotions versus other emotions. And a lot of students will tell you, well, anger is a bad emotion and sadness is a bad emotion and happy is a good emotion. And we talk about the fact that emotions really aren't positive or negative. They're neutral. They're giving you a message about what your body needs. So I ask them, what emotion are you feeling? Then I ask them, is it okay to feel that emotion? And then we have to get to the answer, yes. So we have the conversation about that. And then next I ask them, what do you need right now in order to be able to regulate your emotions? And then we go back to what that looks like in our classroom. Um, Our classroom is set up up with the idea that we use hand signals to ask for what we need. Um, They can ask for a couple different things. They can ask to take a lap. We know what that means in our building. It means walking down the hallway, down the stairs and back up. They can ask to take a 90 second break at their desk. What that means is if they have an emotion that's keeping them from learning, they can tap their wrists like they're tapping a watch and ask for a break for them to just focus on their schoolwork. And the students in the classroom and myself know for those 90 seconds, we are not gonna ask them any questions. We're not gonna interact with them. We're gonna let them work through their own emotion. Or they can ask for a yoga break because some of my students really need to get moving in the classroom and it's part of the reason they get dysregulated. Then I check in with them after that and ask, how can I help you best meet the need? And then if there was some sort of consequence that needed to be given, positive or negative, we have that conversation after the student is able to regulate themselves. 
There's so much that you are sharing that is so amazing. And you outlined it perfectly. And what we've seen again and again in the research um, is this, I mean, hey, adults, y'all could do this for you too. This is <laughs> what Brianna's sharing are really great strategies she's using with her um, students, but all of us need 90 seconds. All of us need a yoga break. And there is, I'm, I'd love to hear a lot your perspective on the vicarious trauma that educators are experience who are supporting the students who have trauma and, and are there your coworkers coming to you being like, where's my yoga break? Like, how are, are you now roped into supporting educators at your school too? That's a conversation that we have as staff. And when we have the conversation about, hey, we are experiencing secondhand trauma, we're taking on the trauma of our students and processing that, um, there's a couple of things that we really need to focus on. And it's the idea that we cannot be the best educators that we can for our students if we're not finding a way to regulate ourselves as well. So I don't know how many times I teach straight from like 8 a.m. until right after my lunch, quite honestly. And I don't have a break until the end of the day. So during that time, there's a good chance that something could happen and I might need regulation. And I actually have that conversation with my students as well as other educators. Um, I made an agreement with an educator in my building that works in a different wing with seventh grade that does not have the same schedule that I do, that she comes into my classroom partway through the day and stays with my students for three minutes while I take a break. And my students know that's for me. That is for my mental health. That's for me to go take a bathroom break. That's for me to check in. And they know when I come back in, I am going to be good to go. So just like they need a lap, they know that I need a lap. Sometimes if I come in from another class and I'm like, hey, we were really struggling with attention for a little bit in my other class. Can we take a yoga break as a class? Because I need a break and I need to stretch. And most of the time they're like, yes, I can totally do that. And if a student's like, no, I need a different break. I'm like, you can put your head down and take a mini nap or read a book for those minutes while we stretch. But the goal is for students to tell the teacher what they need and teach them that it is not our job to read each other's minds. It's our job to advocate for ourselves. I have no response. Like Mike dropped the end. Yeah, that's, it's so true. Well, thank you so much, Brianna there. That was so, so insightful and helpful. And we know that teachers listening and, and leaders listening will find it incredibly helpful too. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have left for today. So thank you so much for joining us. And it was so great to chat. It's so great to chat with you as well. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Asoche and on Instagram at MyIReady. Please be sure to tag us in your post too so we can see the amazing work you do every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We're here for you. Now more than ever, remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.